mercy of God. Our God is full of mercy. From Psalms 145, verse 8 and 9, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. And so we know that God's nature, God's character, God's makeup, His disposition, His temperament, His constitution, His personality, His bent, and His lean is merciful. He is not condemning. He is not judgmental. He is not wrathful. He is not cruel. He is not intolerant. He is not mean, nor is He punishing. Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. From 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. I like the fact that the Bible tells us that He is the Father of mercies, plural. He has mercy for every area of our lives. His mercy is tender. A definition for mercy would be loving kindness, graciousness, tenderness, affection, forgiveness, forbearance, and even compassion. Amen. In Hebrew, the word mercy means extraordinary, uncommon goodness. Extraordinary, uncommon goodness. Amen. Have you ever been guilty of something but then forgiven? I remember one day that I was driving to church when we were in another building and I didn't have my uh, seatbelt on and the highway patrol stopped me. And it was a young lady and of course she could see that I was getting ready to go to church but that really didn't make any difference. She gave me a severe warning and told me that I needed to wear my seatbelt and left me off with a warning and not a ticket. That is mercy. (laughs) Have you ever been deserving of something but then pardoned? Have you ever been convicted of the worst but then you were released? You see, the Bible talks about mercy 276 times and it talks about grace 170 times. I believe this, that the favor of God and the grace of God that we so love in our lives and enjoy in our lives is a result of the mercy of God. Mercy is often ignored. It is taken for granted. It is overlooked. It is discounted and unnoticed and not paid attention to until we need it. Aren't you glad that when you need the mercy of God, the mercy of God is from everlasting to everlasting? The book of Psalms says that he's plenteous in mercy. Ephesians 2 says he's rich in mercy. Amen? When we think of God being rich, you might think of all the silver and the gold and the pearly gates. But I believe one of the greatest things that he is rich in, he's rich in mercy. Amen? We wouldn't say that he's filthy rich, but he's clean rich. He's smooth rich. Amen? Peter says that he has abundant mercy. Everyone say abundant mercy. Now, during the Civil War, a Union soldier was arrested as a deserter. And he went to jail awaiting his sentence. And his sentence was death. But he made his appeal by sending a letter to President Lincoln. 
And President Lincoln got the letter that was on his desk, and he showed him mercy and pardoned him and released him. And he was instantly put back into battle. And over the process of time, he fought faithfully, but he died in battle on the battlefield. And in his personal belongings, as they were going through his coat pocket, next to his breast was a letter signed by President Lincoln saying that he had been pardoned. You see, this soldier, he held it close to his heart and he never forgot that he was showed mercy. And this morning, I want to encourage you to hold mercy close to your heart and never, ever forget it. His mercy is abundant. His mercy is eternal. His mercy is boundless. His mercy is enduring and His mercy is sure. And so I want to share with you some thoughts about the mercy of God. From the book of Lamentations, the Bible says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions and His mercies fail not. The first thought I want to share with you about the Lord's mercy is this. His mercy woke you up this morning. It wasn't the sun. It wasn't the dog. It wasn't the alarm clock. It wasn't a snoring mate if you have one. It wasn't the smell of coffee or the smell of bacon for breakfast. It wasn't a noisy truck. It wasn't the person delivering the newspaper. It was the mercy of God that woke you up. His mercy is new every morning. And that's what woke you up today. It wasn't your strength. It wasn't your good looks. It wasn't your talent, nor was it your ability. It had nothing to do with you. It was because of the mercy of Almighty God. Psalms 119 verse 64 says, The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. You see, the mercy of God allowed you to take a deep breath. And inhale and exhale. To open your eyes. To taste with your mouth. To smell with your nose. And to hear with your ears. Mercy allowed you this morning to have coordination. To be able to put one step in front of the other. Without tripping and without falling. Mercy allowed you to feed yourself. To bathe yourself. To close yourself. To walk, talk, jump, drink and bend. It was the mercy of Almighty God. It wasn't your talent. It wasn't your education. It was not your skills. It was the mercy the mercy of Almighty God. I don't know how many of you have been to Disneyland, and we've been to Disneyland a few times over the process of our life. And taking the kids to Disneyland when they were little boys, they had a ride called the Autotopia. And these little kids would get in this car, and they, they used to think that they were driving the car. But really it was the rails that kept them from getting off track. They would put that rail right in the middle of the car. And when they had a tendency to go to the right or go to the left, that rail would keep them on track. And my brothers and sisters, that's the way the mercy of God is in my life. That's the way the mercy of God is in your life. 
You may think that you're evading this or you're evading that. You may think that you're smart and you came up with the idea. But I'm telling you today that it was his boundaries and his mercies that have kept you from crashing. It is his mercy and his boundaries, his rails that have kept you on track. And I think we ought to shout for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. It's like the little boy trying to impress his mom. Because he's a big boy and he thinks he's carrying something that's really heavy. But all the time it was dad behind him shouldering and carrying the load. And that's the way it is with God. You think you're carrying it. You think you can do life alone. You're trying to impress someone. No, no, no. It was your father God, your daddy, daddy, your Abba father that is shouldering the load. That is carrying you from this place to that place. Taking you from glory to glory some. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's mercy. It is the mercy of God. I stand before you, Brenda and I stand before you after 32 years of ministry and about 37 or 38 years of full-time ministry, all because of the mercy of God. We are what we are by the grace of God. We can only do what we can do by the mercy of God. It is not in ourselves that we move, but it is in Him that we live. It is in Him that we move, and it is Him that we have our being. And that's the way it is in your life. I can tell by the look on your face. You're leaning on. You're having faith in the mercy of God. You're giving glory to God every day of your life because His mercy is enduring in your life. Amen? The next thought, the next mercy thought this morning is this. It was mercy that preserved you. It was mercy that checked you. It was mercy that protected you. In Psalms 23 verse 6, the Bible says, Surely goodness, surely goodness and mercy. Two big angels, goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And we're going to dwell where? Where are we going to dwell? We're going to dwell in the house of the Lord. You see, it was mercy that has preserved you. It's mercy that has protected you. It protected you from losing your mind when you went through the most devastating point and trial in your life. How about the days when some of you got so stone cold drunk and you didn't know how you could drive home without killing somebody, but the next morning you woke up in your own bed. It wasn't your driving skills. It was the mercy of God. It was the mercy of God. How about being protected from a fatal accident? That was the mercy of God. How about the fact that maybe some of you lived a promiscuous life and never got a disease from it? That's the mercy of God. The mercy of God preserves us. The mercy of God protects us. His mercy hovers over our lives more than we can even think or understand. We serve a God of mercy who is not only able, but he's willing to do so many awesome, wonderful things in our lives. And it is according to the power of God that is working in us. It's not your strength. It's not your ability. 
It's not your skills. It's not your smarts that has caused you to evade the snare of the fowler. It is the fact that he is El Shaddai. He is the Almighty God. He's the God who's more than enough. It is the fact that under his wing, he protects his children who dwell in him. All of our lives, the mercy of God has been our themes. The mercy of God protected me in 1968 when I could have died from a fatal car accident. The mercy of God protected me when I was a little boy drowning, when my aunt pulled me off of, out of a drop-off. The mercy of God protected me when I was living promiscuously and doing all sorts of things that, they're, that we shouldn't even talk about. It's the mercy of Almighty God. And you know something? His mercy never runs out. His mercy never, ever runs out. Amen? The next mercy thought I want to share with you is this. Is that the mercy of God allowed you to approach Jesus after you had sinned and after you had failed. When you fell, when you messed up, it was mercy that you came to. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 4 and notice with me in verse 16. Hebrews the 4th chapter and the 16th verse. Thank God there is a throne of grace. And at the throne of grace, we can obtain something. You see, mercy must be sought after. You must go after the mercy of God. Let's read verse 16 together. Ready? Read. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace. Amen. How many of you know there's mercy for your misery? Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, I'm just going through a tough time and I'm miserable. There's mercy for misery. How many of you know there's mercy for a bad doctor's report? How many of you know there's mercy for lack in your life? And God says to us, now come, son, come, daughter, to the throne of grace. Come, son, come, daughter, to the throne of my divine favor. And as you come in faith, expecting, you will obtain the mercy of God. And you will find the grace you need to help you in your desperation, in your time of misery. At your lowest point, His grace is sufficient for us. I said at our lowest points of our life, His grace is sufficient for us. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul found when all hell broke loose against his life? Because of the abundance of a revelation that the Apostle Paul was getting, the Bible says there was given to him a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet him. You see, Satan wanted to stop what God started in Paul's life. And Satan's no respecter of persons. His diabolical design for your life is to stop what God has started in your life. But no evil spirit can stop what the mercy of God has started. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. His grace is sufficient. His mercy is everlasting. And he says, son, daughter, all you got to do is come. Come on, let's go there right now. Let's go to the throne of grace. Father, we come this morning. We come to the throne of grace today. We thank you that your sufficient grace sees us through. That your mercy, hallelujah, helps us in our time of need. Amen. Mercy 
The next thought about mercy is the mercy of God enables us to exchange hell for heaven. Amen. You know, you could get happy today if you, if you just let yourself. You can get some full of joy today if you just let yourself. You don't have to wait for Pastor Brenda's message on joy tonight. And she's got a good one in the oven. But you can get a little happy here this morning. Thank God just by the fact that you're not on your way to hell. You're on your way to heaven. You're shouting the victory. Hallelujah. Somebody says, yeah, but I'm going through a tough time. The Bible calls our tough times a light affliction. Yes, there's afflictions on the right. There's afflictions on the left. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the mercy of God will deliver us from them all. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh in us a far more exceeding eternal weight of the glory of God. We're not always going to be doing what we're doing here this morning. In a snap of a finger, maybe even in the twinkling of an eye, we'll all be changed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This mortal's going to take on immortality. Glory to God. And we are going to be caught up together to be with the Lord in the air. Keep your mind, keep your eyes fixed on eternity. There is a goal. There is a prize. And yet, even while we're here on earth, there's victory. I said there's victory. Didn't he tell you to come? Didn't he tell you to come to the throne of grace and that you'd get all the help you need for hell's pressure that you're going through? Hallelujah. I'm on my way to heaven. Shouting the victory. Amen. Some of you better learn how to shout down here because when you get to heaven, you're going to shout. Come on, let's just shout a little bit. Glory. That's right. That's right. Glory. Well, I don't feel like shouting. It's when you don't feel like shouting that you need to praise the most. Thank God for the ability to walk by faith and not by sight. So the mercy of God then, Frank, has allowed us to exchange hell for heaven. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad for that, Gordy? Glory to God. We're going to heaven. We're on our way. Amen. Titus says it like this. He says, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved you. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. It wasn't your good looks. It wasn't your skill. It wasn't your denomination. And it certainly wasn't Pastor Mark that saved you. It's Jesus. His mercy endures forever. Now, I know you're going to get happy on this one. The next mercy thought I want to share with you. Now, I don't have a long message, but I've got a good one. You'll be encouraged by the word today. Now, listen very carefully. His mercy gives you second chances or another chance. His mercy gives you second chances or another chance. Hallelujah. In Micah chapter 7. Notice with me in verse 18, it says, Who is a God like unto thee, that pardons iniquity, and passes by the transgression 
of the remnant of his heritage. He retains not his anger forever. Thank God. Why is that? Read the rest. What does he delight in? He delights in showing us mercy. Thank God for the mercy of God. He's happy to show mercy to you. He shows mercy with a smile on his face. He's not up there in heaven scowling and looking down upon you and say, boy, I'm going to get him for that. You know, if God was going to get us for that, we would already been done God. But no, thank God he delights. He takes great pleasure in showing you and showing me his mercy. So his mercy gives us another chance. His mercy gives second chances. How about the prodigal son? Did the prodigal son blow it? Certainly he did. He spent his inheritance on riotous living, but there came a day where he came to himself. I'm telling you, when a person comes to themselves, the mercy of God is involved. That thought that he had about going home to his father's house came straight from the throne of grace. And when he went to the father's house, he obtained mercy. And he was restored and he is reinstated. God, his father, put shoes back on his feet. He put a ring on his finger. He put a robe on his back. And you and I have got shoes, gospel shoes. We've got the robe of righteousness on us. What we need to do is come home to Father's house. Think about Peter. How about Peter? Peter denied the Christ three times. But on the day of Pentecost, Peter turned from Peter the denier to Peter the prophesier. It was the mercy of Almighty God. His mercy can restore. His mercy can renew. His mercy can put purpose back in your life. Now, in golf, and Reverend George is one of my golfing buddies from the past. In golf, they have what they call a mulligan. <laughs> How many of you know what a mulligan is? Okay, I'm a, I'm a lefty, and so I'm up there, and it's the first tee. It's 7 o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning. Pastor Ralph is there, Pastor George is there, and Pastor Mark. So I'm third up, and I'm up there on that first tee at Sonoma. And I'm going to hit that ball smooth, clean, and it's going to go two yards. (laughs) And so I position myself, and Reverend George gives me some instruction, right? And so with full intention, I meant to hit that ball 250 yards down the fairway, straight down the fairway, so I could get on the green in two. But because it's a little early and I had too much coffee, I'm like, yeah! (laughs) And the ball goes to the right. The ball goes to the left. My friend George is back there saying, take a mulligan. And Ralph isn't too sure about it, but George says, take a mulligan. (laughs) Operating in the mercy of God. So what does a mulligan mean? A mulligan means it doesn't count. Shoot it again. Do it over again. Now, you might get one mulligan with Brother George. But with God, you get several mulligans. Hallelujah. Now think about Michael Vick. Michael Vick was imprisoned, I think, for, you know, whatever it was. He was a quarterback for the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was imprisoned for mistreating dogs. And he got out of prison. And in 2010, he was named the comeback player of the year. He got a mulligan. Pitchers 
in baseball sometimes mess up their elbow and mess up their arms. And so they go and they have a surgery called the Tommy John surgery. Tommy John surgery is a surgery that was named after pitcher Tommy John, who had a devastating injury but came back and became a stellar pitcher. That is a second chance. How many of you know what a selfie is? You know what a selfie is? Brenda and I are going to do a little road trip starting tomorrow morning, be home Thursday. We're going to do a road trip, and sometimes, you know, when you're in a beautiful place or if you want to take a picture, no one's around to help you take that picture. So you do what they call a selfie. And a selfie's like this. You know, the camera's out here, or the phone's out here, and you're going... <laughs> Anybody ever done a selfie? Okay, so I'm in the right place. Now, let me ask you this. You ever done a selfie that didn't turn out right? You ever taken a picture that just didn't do you justice? I know I'm better looking than that. I know I'm more handsome than that. But you got food stuck in your tooth or something and doesn't look good? Well, the neat thing about a selfie is you can take it over and over and over and over again. And then finally you get that selfie just right. And then you put it out on Instagram for all your friends to see. And they're just amazed. But you know how many it took to get that good one. And I thank God that God doesn't give up on us after the first picture. I thank God that God sees the best in us. God sees the beginning from the end. And he says, you know what? I'm committed. I've begun a good work in him. And I'm going to complete it because here's the picture that I see. And so on life's pathway, if your picture doesn't look good, just keep calling on the mercy of God. And sooner or later, you will be conformed to the image of his dear son. Amen. Thank God for his mercy. And then, lastly, mercy didn't forget you. Mercy did not negate you. Mercy will never disqualify you from the blessings that Jesus has so wonderfully supplied for us. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 3, and you could think of several scriptures as well that have the word blessed in it. In Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are the blessed. Amen? Amen. We are empowered to prosper. We have favor in and on our lives. Now, God's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. And maybe you've missed it. Maybe you've faltered. Maybe you're not where you should be. But let me tell you something. His mercy does not disqualify you. Maybe you've gone through a difficult time like Job went through. How many of you know Job went through some hell? Job went through some serious hell. But the Bible says of Job and James, it says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. Somebody say, I'm looking for the end of the Lord. That the Lord is very pitiful and he is of tender mercy tender mercy how many have ever lost something in your life that you're looking to be restored 
How many of you have lost a, lost a precious one and you're looking for restoration? Perhaps you've lost a home. You've lost some finances. And it feels negative and it feels bad. And about the time that you're feeling bad, the devil sends Job's comforters. You know? And, and talk to you about, well, you know, if you didn't have that sin in your life, that wouldn't be happening to you. Or if, if you were really in faith, that's a good one. If you were really in faith, you'd be overcoming all obstacles. Give me a break. Listen, faith is the victory, but don't forget that overcometh. When you live and when you operate in faith and you decide to do that, you'll have plenty to overcome. And the last thing you need while you're overcoming is a bunch of idiot friends that are like Job's comforters. Oh, there's sin in your life, and wow, you know. I mean, judgmental, speaking things over your life that don't need to be spoken. How many of you know you need to disassociate from that? You need to dis, dis, disconnect from all negativity. When I'm going through a difficult time, I need faith buddies. I need some friends that are going to declare my independence along with me. I need some people that are going to lift me. I'm going to need some people that are going to bless me. Amen? Now, Job had a difficult time. And a lot of what Job faced was a result of him living a life of fear and he was just his 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 life was wide open to the attacks of the enemy. Job's comforters came along and and didn't help him at all. But you know Job did something that we can do for people like that. We can pray for him. We can pray for him. And I want you to notice in closing Job chapter 42 if you would and verse 10. Are you getting anything out of this today? Yes. Say it with me. His mercy, mercy. is working in my life. In Job 42.10, the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And notice this. And the Lord gave Job how much? Twice how much? Twice. Could we say that Job experienced some mercy? Could we say that Job experienced some double? We could say that Job experienced restoration. He experienced a return. And not just a one-time return, he experienced double. We could say this, Job got double for his trouble. And what Job did is Job put himself in a position to receive double by praying for his friends. Now notice with me in verse 12. This is awesome. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. You ought to put your name in there. I'm going to say that right now. So the Lord blessed Mark, hallelujah, his latter end more than his beginning. Now notice the rest of it. For he had 14,000 sheep, wow, 6,000 camels and 1,000 yoke of oxen and 1,000 she asses. Notice verse 13. He also had seven sons and three daughters. He had lost a bunch of them, but God restored And notice in verse 16, after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons even to four generations. That's the mercy of God. And it goes on to say, and Job died being old and full of days. You see, God had an after this for Job. And God has an after this for you. Listen very carefully. God has a glorious 
end intended for you. So hang in there. Mercy is on its way. And to partake of God's mercy, I know this one thing for sure. It's got to be sought. You've got to go after it. And so this morning as you stand to your feet, let's go after the mercy of God. And let's see God minister to your hearts and minister to your needs today. You know, blind Bartimaeus sat by the wayside begging. His disciple tried to turn him away. But you know what Bartimaeus did? He said, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. He kept on claiming the mercy of God. And the Bible says that the master stood still. Amen. I believe the master is walking down these aisles today. I believe the Holy Spirit is moving in your life this morning. Let's raise our hands.